Father, we give you praise. Father, we thank you. Father, we honor you. Father, we worship you this morning. Thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for your mercies, your goodness, and your kindness. Thank you that we have witnessed a million miracles in our lives. The ones that we can see and the ones that we cannot see. Lord, this morning we just want to thank you for your faithfulness and your loving kindness. We thank you, worship you, Father. We thank you now, we worship you, Daddy. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your faithfulness. Blessed be your name, Daddy. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we bless you. Thank you for how far you have brought us. Thank you for how far you are taking us. Thank you for teaching us. Thank you for showing us the pathway of life. This morning, I pray, may your word come out in ways that will help your people. 
in the name of Jesus. May the utterances from my lips be carried by the wings of the Spirit. And may these words enter into the hearts of your children and ginger us up and elevate us and encourage us and challenge us to be better today than we were yesterday. We thank you for it. We thank you for it. These words will not return void, but these words will prosper in that which we have sent them. In the name of Jesus. These words, Almighty God, will enter into the hearts of your children and it will be planted there. The words will be planted in our hearts and we produce fruits. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Glorify yourself and edify your people. In Jesus' name, we'll pray. Hallelujah. Praise God. Welcome to church. Welcome to church. This morning, I'm going to be talking about the incredible value of mentoring. The incredible value of mentoring. Now, remember, I have been teaching a series on self-leadership, which is part of the old leadership series that we started this year. Remember, this year is a year of stability and prosperity. But the Lord will make us to understand that in order to enter into, in order to enjoy the stability and the prosperity that he has promised us, God gave us a picture in the book of Joshua chapter 1 verse 5, when God said to Joshua, I I will cause you to lead these people into the promise that I have given them. Essentially, God says to, to, to Joshua, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. So as I was with Moses, so I am with you. That's what God told Joshua. So that shows what in under the new covenant that the Holy Spirit is with us. Right now, what is the purpose of the Holy Spirit? The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to teach us and lead us and guide us. The Holy Spirit is actually our number one mentor. Right. So. I spoke in previous messages that the leadership of the Holy Spirit is the first thing to pay attention to. I then spoke about as the Holy Spirit leads us, we have to lead ourselves. Now, how do we lead ourselves? As I was talking about vision, and I was talking about self-leadership. So I spoke about the power of having a personal vision. I spoke about the power of getting goals, the value of diligence. I'm speaking about, you know, the value of having a mentor today as part of that self-leadership series. When we finish all of the self-leadership series, we're then going to go into how to lead other people. All right. So that's the approach that God has given us this year. Okay. So let's do a bit of recap. For those of you who may not be in church last week, I spoke out of the book of Genesis. We have been looking at the life of Joseph and out of the book of Genesis, I spoke from chapter 27 and we look at verse 4. Okay. And verse Genesis chapter 30, uh, 39, sorry, Genesis chapter 39, verse 4 is where we looked at. So let us read what the Bible says there. Genesis chapter 39, verse 4. I'm going to bring it up. The Bible here says, and Joseph found grace in his sight and he served him. He was talking about the hymn there refers to Potiphar. And he, that is Potiphar now, made him, that is Joseph now, overseer over his house and all that he had 
he put into his hand. So, the recap that we've covered in the book of Genesis chapter 39 was speaking about the fact that God caused Joseph to prosper. God declared Joseph to be prosperous even when he was a slave, even when he had no money in his bank account, when he had no cloth on his back. God declared him prosperous. And one of the lessons we learned in vision lesson number three was that true prosperity is knowing that God is with you. And that true prosperity is keeping the vision that God has placed in your heart alive in your heart. In the book of Genesis chapter 37, verses 8 to 10, and Genesis chapter 37, verses 19 to 20, we look at the fact that one of the lessons we learned from Joseph was that God gave the vision to Joseph about his future. God did not give that vision to anybody else. And I said, one of the lessons you learn in vision building or in following the vision for your life is that you don't need anybody's approval. The other lesson we look at in vision lesson number two was that get ready that when you start to follow the vision for your life, people will mock you behind your back. Right? And vision lesson number three is true prosperity is to keep the vision of God that God is giving you. Keep it alive in your heart. So as long as you hold on to the vision of God that God has given your heart and you're following it, you are already prosperous. Okay. Now, last week I spoke about the fact that no one achieves a great vision who has not served others. But that, yes, last week I did not finish this text around service. So I'm going to be diving today's message into around the incredible power of mentoring and today i'm going to be showing you how by the grace of god how potiphar actually mentored joseph now you will not read it in the bible just straight off like that but that's what i got from it so let's go into the text genesis chapter 39 verse 4 the bible says and joseph found grace in his sight and he served him and he made him over overseer over his house and all that he had he put into his hand praise god so we see here we see here that joseph found grace joseph found grace where in the sight of his master that word grace means he found favor in the sight of his master but that favor did not stop there the bible says joseph served potiphar as a slave he served potiphar doing his duty is served potiphar now i don't want to this might sound funny but i don't want to make it sound funny but you know it's like if you are in a job you're serving in a job you're working at a job you're serving somebody so you could say that person is your master as it were so if you're serving a job you could say that person that you're serving your employer is your master and you're serving in that place and the word serve in that text is not the way you look at servant that people flog all over the place no they will serve them is to minister to so essentially joseph was ministering to the needs of potiphar all right and the bible says and he served him and then what did god do the bible says here god then uh, sorry potiphar made joseph to be overseer so he served him he saw how diligent he was he then made him an overseer over his house 
Now, not only his house, all everything that he had, he put in his hand. Think about that. Joseph rose from being a common servant or a lowly servant or somebody who is just coming to a job, as it were, at a very low level. And after a period of time, rose quickly through, through the ranks to become the head of the enterprise. Everything, apart from the wife, was the only person that uh, Potiphar did not give to put under Joseph's care. Now, in book of Luke chapter 16, the Bible says that, verse 10, Bible says, he is faithful in a very little thing. He is also faithful also in much. And he is dishonest and unjust in a very little thing. He is dishonest and unjust also in much. What this is saying here is that if God commits something into your hands, no matter how small that thing is, God expects the way you treat that small thing is the way you treat the big thing at times people say oh lord make me this do this for me do this for me but god is asking you the question the one that i have given to you the little i gave to you how faithful are you in discharging it how faithful are you in discharging it okay but obviously the way you treat the small thing is the way you're going to treat treat the big thing now then it says in verse 11 if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammal or in the small things, how can big things be given unto you? So essentially God is saying, if you are not faithful in the discharge of your earthly duty or of your uh, the work that has been given to you, maybe you are an accountant in a, in a, in a job and you're not faithful in discharging your um, accounting responsibilities, how could God give you your own accounting firm? Alright, that's what essentially saying. Now, if I look at this book of Luke chapter 16 and I look at it in context, one key thing to take away is this. Some people might say, Lord, I want to serve you in the ministry. And I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. I want to serve you in the ministry. I want to be, I would like to be a teacher. I would like to be a, uh, a Sunday school teacher. Maybe I would like to be a home cell leader and so on and so forth. Right? You want to be that. You want to stay, come into that position where God is using your talent in the church, but you have been negligent in your day-to-day work, in the work that pays you, the work that uh, somebody pays you a salary on. You you don't go to work on time. You shock responsibility. Uh, you don't treat your staff well. You you know you don't do well at your job. You know God essentially saying that book of Luke chapter sixteen verse eleven. If you are not being faithful. In the unrighteous mammon, the things that are, you know, that are, that that is not true riches. How can God commit true riches into your hands? So God, God is essentially saying, just Christ explained to us that true riches, in the eyes of God, is spiritual, and that if you are not faithful in that which is not true riches, which is some material riches, for example, how can God give you true riches? So somebody says, I want to be a Sunday school teacher and so on and so forth, but you have not been faithful. In that which God has given into your hands, God says, so how will anybody give you a place, a responsibility, for example, in the church, if you have not been faithful in that which is not part of the church? So essentially, God is saying the way you treat your work that pays you salary will determine how you're going to treat the work in the church that possibly will not pay you a salary. It's very important. Okay, so just want to call that out. Now, now one way in which service is done, in which we can serve other people, is true mentoring. We can mentor other people. Other people can mentor us. But what is mentoring? 
Mentoring is a relationship between two people with the goal of professional and personal development. The mentor is usually an experienced individual who shares knowledge, experience and advice with a less experienced person or mentee. So you have somebody who is very knowledgeable, shares advice, experience, what is being what that person is being through with other person who has no experience in this in this in, in the area. And the beautiful thing is this here. So if you go on YouTube, you could have a lot of people there who can do virtual mentoring, right? So you go and watch a video, somebody maybe somebody put out very good content all the time. You watch you go to their channel and you listen to what they have to say. That's one way in which they're mentoring you. They might not sit down beside you, you know, in your house and say, okay, let me show you how this is done. But there's virtual mentoring right now, you know, so you have no excuse. Actually, during the week, my wife was telling me about a book that she read on, on how somebody said, in the 21st century, you should not have to, you know, reinvent the wheel. You could always find somebody who has done what you want to do and learn from them. So that way, you don't have to... Uh, make the same mistakes that they have made. Essentially, you can shorten your learning cur- your learning curve if you learn to find mentors in the area in which you want to uh, go and you learn from them. I know that personally, I spend thousands of dollars every year or from time to time in my own personal goal and aspiration. So I wouldn't say, oh, I, don't, I can't afford it. No, I take out the money Go buy the course and listen and spend time to listen and learn. Do you understand what I'm saying? So that's what God expects you to do. God expects you to have a mentor. So I'm going to show you today how Joseph got mentored along the way in his life. And this, what he learned during the time of being mentored prepared him for the premiership that God eventually then gave to him. Amen. All right. So let us look at uh, what the Bible says. Now, Bible says here again, Joseph found grace in the sight of Pharaoh, uh, in the sight of Potiphar, rather, and Joseph served Potiphar. And Potiphar made Joseph to be overseer over his house. And all that he had, all that he had, everything he had, everything that Joseph and Potiphar had, he put into the hand of Joseph. So when you look at this text, you see that. When somebody is at a point where they're serving you, imagine a scenario whereby Joseph was serving Potiphar. Maybe he was brought into his household as a uh, as a slave. Maybe let's say just paint a scenario where Joseph was like uh, somebody who attends to dignitaries when they come to visit uh, Potiphar. Right? He attends to these dignities. Right. So now remember, I told you before that the word served in that. Verse 4 is a word that means to minister to. So, for example, minister of land, minister of agriculture. It means somebody who is put in charge of something on behalf of someone else. All right? So, let's say Joseph now is put in charge of serving drinks or attending to dignitaries when they come to see um, Potiphar. Then, it means that Joseph had to learn how to dress in a particular way. He had to learn how to pour the drinks he had to learn how to you know attend to dignity he had to learn even the language how to welcome people all right now this learning this is learning how to to do these things is a form of mentoring why did i say that okay see i found that mentoring has about four benefits or five benefits i'm just quickly run through them right number one 
a mentor offers advice. A mentor offers advice. So it's, it's, not, it's not impossible that when Joseph was learning how to serve drinks or learning how to uh, take off the coats of the dignitaries that come to the house of Potiphar or learning how to you know, hang, 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 hang the coats or uh, attend to their needs, uh, he, he might run into a bit of uh, challenges you know, because he's learning. He doesn't know how to do it properly. Therefore, the mentor, it might be put, it might be potified directly. It might be somebody who is a more senior person in the household who would not be saying, "No, that's not how to do it. That's not how to do it." So, when you have someone to talk to, that provide advice to you, that give you feedback in your job to help you in your decision making process, that person is serving as a role of a mentor. So, a mentor offers advice that will allow you to get to gain ascendancy uh, in your career path or in anything that you are trying to achieve. Another thing that a mentor would do, a mentoring does, is skill development. So mentors are a great way to upskill. Mentors can help their mentees enhance any skill that uh, they already obtain, you know, or work alongside to help them to develop new skills to meet their goals. What this means is, if you have somebody that if you are being mentored by somebody and they have a skill already that you are believing to have, you're looking to have, they can show you the ropes. They can show you the ropes. They can say, watch me as I do it. All right. So that, that way you learn by observation. Then you learn by doing. All right. So that's why mentoring is very good. Another reason why mentoring is good is because mentoring uh, offers greater professional development. So when you are working with a mentor, especially in the area, remember, you get mentor in the area where you need to grow into or what you want to become. The person can show you, oh, that's not what you need to do. Take this training, take that training, go on this conference, go on that. And that way, it helps you to fast track your development. And, and the important part of mentoring is networking opportunities. If you have a mentor in your industry, this mentor will open up their Rolodex, as it were, their, their contact books, as it were, and give you access. I remember um, in my early days when I was a banker, and I was looking for work. I, I had a mentor. Uh, he's still my mentor now, but, you know, my needs are kind of different, you know. But this was my early days when I first finished uni and I was trying to get a job in the bank. You know, uh, my, my mentor then, uh, Pastor Shergun, he will, he will open up his phone book and get me details of most of the managers in, in, Nigeria, in the banks in Nigeria. And he will call them and say, look, a, a brother of mine is here. Uh, he's looking for a job. Can you please talk to him? That's networking opportunity. That's opening the door for you, right? So that's what a mentor will. A mentor, a good mentor will open doors for you. Make sure that you have access to networking opportunities. You know, when Joseph, uh, when Joseph became uh, the, the, the leader of the household of Potiphar, it is, it is not inconceivable to think about Joseph being able to have access to that level of people in that household. Think about it this way. Joseph came as a lowly servant, right? And he rose up to become general overseer of this household of, of, um, of an aristocrat, as it were, you know, uh, in, 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 the, in, the, uh, in the Egyptian realm or Egyptian kingdom. It means that the people that Joseph will be meeting at the level where he has, where he has risen to will, will be people of the caliber of Potiphar, all right? And it is inconceivable, it is not inconceivable rather, that, Pot uh, that Joseph will know some of these people by name. He will know the way they operate. He will know about their family, you know, because he, is, he, he was the general overseer of the household of Potiphar. The Bible says there was nothing that Potiphar 
kept away from Joseph, apart from his wife. So Joseph, therefore, had to learn about financial management, how to learn about household management, resource management. He had to learn about how to deal with suppliers, those who supply food and those who supply beverages to, to the family. He had to negotiate deals on the behalf of Potiphar. Think about it this way. Think about what Joseph, what Joseph had access to. Essentially, he had access to the management of Potiphar's household, which includes you know, buying food, buying materials, managing uh, suppliers, overseeing the workers, um, you know, d- d- defining policies, you know, defining policies or ensuring adherence to policies, doing regular checkups on staff, you know, uh, thinking of how to make sure the staff, you know, does work. Just think about somebody who is a manager in a hotel, what the person does. The person would do a whole lot of stuff. But that was a position of authority that Joseph got thrust into. But how did he get there? He got there because he, he was found to be diligent in the lower task force. And then he rose through the ranks. So, during what God had showed me was, by Joseph being in the household of Potiphar, these are the things that he had to pick up in order for him to become a general overseer. Or, as fortunately in the office of a general overseer of the household of Potiphar, he had to pick up these things, how to manage this, how to manage that, how to manage that. And that is where his mentoring started. Was, uh, that's where he got mentored. He got mentored in the discharge of that duty through the support system that Potiphar put in place. Mentors motivate mentees. Mentors often make their mentees to feel motivated and inspired to accomplish their goals. So having somebody to encourage you and provide you with the right support is highly motivational. So we see, therefore, in the life of Joseph, while he was in the household of Potiphar, that he learned those things. He was mentored by Potiphar in the way of the Egyptians, just like Moses was mentored in the house of Pharaoh. So when Potiphar promoted Joseph, Potiphar must have watched Joseph carefully, how Joseph goes beyond the call of duty to help other people, his attention to details, and so on and so forth, before he could promote him. I'm going to ask you a question. Will you put somebody who is a sluggard, who comes to work late, who doesn't finish what they started, and uh, who is abandoning their job, who does a shoddy job? Will you promote that person to, to handle your business affairs? Will you promote such a person to handle your family affairs? Look, look, the Bible says everything was in, Joseph was in charge of everything apart from the wife. Which means if Potiphar were to send his children to school, Joseph was, would be the one to get the driver to pick them up take them to school, bring them back. He will be the one to, you know, to plan the family holiday. He will be the one to um, plan business trips. He will be the one to make sure that the, the, the Potiphar has the right place to stay, the right hotel. He will be the one to ensure that uh, Potiphar has, you know, all of the things that will make his life comfortable wherever he, he, he goes. Now, that is mentoring. Now, so some people, they'll think, oh, you're just serving, you're just serving. Let me tell you something. You cannot become great if you have not served other people. I remember many years ago when I was uh, in my uh, in my former in my former church, you know, my pastor, pastor, pastor or doctor Daniel Akazemia, was my mentor, and he mentored me in the ways of prayer. You know, we used to run weekly prayer meeting every single week. Go in and pray. We go in and pray. You know, we go into his house. He's, he has a um, a, a cabin log at the back. We go there. When it is cold, when it's not cold, we're there praying. So I learned the value of prayer. You know, working with him, 
I was involved. I was the one actually primarily responsible for ensuring his message. I will check out his message. I will prepare his message, prepare the slides, so that on Sunday when he's preaching, I'm, I was the one who was, you know, showing the slides on the screen. The later, you know, I got promoted. I had other people working with me, but I was overseeing their work, making sure that the right kind of slides are projected, the right kind of video. If the person wants to play a video, you know, I will make sure that those guys have the video there and everything. And after after service, I will go back and check did you, what, what do I need to improve and so on and so forth. I did not know then that all of those things I was doing would still lead me to become someone who then start to run a, an online church. All right. Okay. So there are people that for right now, as you're watching this thing, that are behind the scenes supporting me. I have no doubt in my mind that some years down the line, God will take them as well to be in a place where they can run their own thing. But it is through service to others that you can have your own. You cannot just wake up one day and just I'm going to have something by myself. That's not, that's not the way it works. You have to serve other people. And while you're serving them, is a form of mentoring. It's a form of them mentoring you and saying, do this and do that and do that. So, as you can see, therefore, is God's, God's pathway to success is not overnight. God's pathway to success is not like, oh, you press the button and all of a sudden you get there. That's not the way it works. You have to learn to serve other people. I hope that makes sense. So, learning to serve others is very important. So, you will not put anybody with a slogan over your, over your household so, as well, Potiphar could never have put Joseph to manage his household if Joseph was a sluggard or if Joseph was a lazy person or was a slothful person. So, in order for you to put somebody over everything that you own, everything that pertains to you apart from your wife, you have to know who the person is. You have to look at the person's lifestyle, the way they carry themselves, the way they do everything they do to be able to, to, be able to say, okay, this is the kind of person that I really want to, that can hand over things to and I can sleep at night and know fully whether that they will not mess things up. Now, I've got a question for you. Do you think that it's every time that Joseph takes an assignment that he gets it right? I, I doubt it. I doubt it. But but during that process, Potiphar as a mentor will come around because he has seen that Joseph was a person who was diligent, who likes, who is not um, tardy. He will come in around and just, you know, so this one, this how this how this one work, this how this one should work, this how this one should work. Next time do it like this, next time do it like that. That is feedback. That is mentoring. Before somebody can become the overseer of your house, you have to have exposed them, right, to different roles and measure their progress, what they have done, how they have achieved it, how they have done very well. Before you commit them, you commit to them the entire estate and say, okay, look, go and run it. No one gets to the top, ideally in this life, who has not served others. And in serving others, what are we receiving? We are indirectly being mentored by them. That's what God showed me in that verse 4. When the Bible says, and Joseph served Potiphar. That service is ministered to. And that ministering to is means he works under him. He, he was doing things, things for him. And in doing things for him, and he's showing his diligence, he's showing his capability, he's showing the fact that he's different from the normal, the normal, the other kind of slave. Joseph got promoted, and as he got promoted, he was put onto a leadership program. He was put onto the Potiphar's leadership program, where he was being exposed to different elements of the household. All right, and he was being trained in them, and he was uh, he was getting feedback. He was given the support, all right? Okay, and that is how Joseph got mentored.
Now, but when you look at this, you thought, oh, Joseph just had it given to him on a platter of gold. Well, that is not true. I want to show you something that God also showed me, showed me about Joseph when he was growing up that prepared him for this unique position that he found himself in the household of Potiphar. Go with me to Genesis, Genesis 37, verses 3 to 4. Genesis 37, verses 3 to 4. The Bible says that now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was a son of his old age and he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. All right, let's look at that. So the Bible essentially here says what? That Joseph, uh, sorry, Jacob, Israel or Jacob loved Joseph more than all his children. So the first person or the first line of mentoring that a child who should ideally receive should come from who? The parents. Is expected that the parents are the first set of mentors that a child will be exposed to, followed by siblings, then followed by teachers in schools, right? Then followed by colleagues. And, and so on and so forth. Okay. Unfortunately, we don't all have parents that have mentored us the right way. Some of us uh, grew up with parents that abused us and called us names and you know told us we will not amount to a lot and so on and so forth. Now, if you are in that category, by the end by the end of this meeting, I'll be praying for you by the grace of God. All right, so that you can get rid of anything any conversation, anything that anybody has spoken over your life that has made you feel that you are worthless or you cannot amount to anything. It might even be the voice of your teacher. Maybe your secondary school teacher, your primary school teacher has spoken some words over you that are not words of affirmation, that words that have messed up your mind, that have made you think, oh, maybe, you know, I, I can't amount to much. I want you to know you are valuable in the eyes of God. Why are you valuable? Because Christ died for you. Why are you valuable? Because you are of the God kind. You are of the God kind. You know, during the week, I put something on my DP on WhatsApp and I said, you are of the God kind. And I said that the, your, your true self-worth can only be found in one place on the uni, in the universe, on the inside of you. The way God created you and you believing in what God has created you to be. And somebody sent me a chat and said, wow, this is so profound. Somebody said, but at times, at times, listen to this carefully, at times people make us feel like we're not worth it, where they were not good enough. And I said, yes. There are people out there that will speak over your life like you are a nobody, you are not worthy, nothing's working in your life. But you have to go back and make sure you see yourself, remind yourself, and tell yourself over and over again how God sees you. That is how to build self-worth. Joseph here loved, sorry, Jacob here loved Joseph. So the first way in which the father mentored Joseph was through positive affirmation. The first level of mentoring a child must receive is parental love. Why? Because love always builds self-worth. Love builds self-worth. So if anybody has spoken over your life that nothing is going to happen in your life or that you are not worth it, remember, that is not the voice of God. The voice that God speaks over you is, 
I am delighted in you. You are my beloved child. In you, I find my delight. God delights in you. God, the Bible says in the book of uh, Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17, God rejoices over you with singing. Think about that. God Almighty, when God sees you, <laughs> obviously you never, you, 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 are, you are always in the presence of God, but just try and follow this analogy. If God sees you, he sings you a melody. He sings you a song. God rejoices over you with singing. Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17, I believe that's what it is. God rejoices over you with singing. So God, God's viewpoint of you, God's attention over you, is what is love the bible says that the thought of god towards us if we were to count them they are more numerous than the sands at the seashore think about that which means the heart of god for you how god are the heart of god pants for you when you, if you were to measure that the way god thinks about you and pants after you and and is is so besotted to you if you were to think if you were to measure that the Bible says you cannot measure it because when you go to this the seashore, you go, let's say you go to a beach and you pack up the sand, you try to measure the sand, you can't measure the sand. You can't measure the sand on all of the seashore, not just one, all, all seashores all over the world. That's the way God sees you. The, the heart of God towards you is a heart filled with love. How do I know that? Jeremiah chapter 29. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 says, I know the thought that I have towards you. They are not a thought of evil. They are a thought of good to give you a future and an expected end. God says, my thought towards you is to thought to give you peace. So to, to, thought, to thought to make your life beautiful and wonderful. That's a thought that God has over you. So God speaks what? Affirmation, positive affirmation over your life. God speaks over you. I love you. I'm bl- I love you. I'm delighted in you. You are my value possession. You are my masterpiece. That's what God speaks over you. So Jacob's, Jacob, who is Joseph's father spoke words of affirmation because he loved Joseph. That's number one. Another way in which Jacob mentored Joseph was through showing him the power of presentation. The power of presentation. You see, the Bible here says that Joseph made, sorry, Jacob made Joseph the coat of many colors. In the amplifier version, it says it's a distinctive long tunic with sleeves. It's a coat of many color. So, through the gift of many color that the father has given to Joseph, Joseph learned the value of presenting yourself very, very well every time. Especially when you need to go out. Why? Presentation is key. Image is everything in this world. Listen, God relates to you regardless of how you may, things may be going in your life. But human beings relate to you based on the way you show up. Now, if you're in doubt about this, let me ask you to try this exercise this week. Find a very decent upscale hotel in your city and go there. Dress like a bum. You know, wear tattered jeans or tattered bottoms and disheveled hair. Uh, you know, shirt that has um, breadcrumbs all over the place and, you know, and look disheveled. Notice how you are greeted. Notice how you were treated at the hotel. Write it down. The next day, go to the same hotel, looking well-dressed and well-groomed. You know, get your hair done properly and looking nice, wear nice suit. Notice also the way now you are treated. Listen, I guarantee you that if you try this exercise 10 times, you will get a far better reception in the latter case than in the former. Perhaps on a scale of six to four. Why is that? Our appearances affect us 
on a personal level and affect those that we meet or associate with. Listen, we live in a world driven by visual perceptions and people judge you first based on the way you look or why else will advertisers spend so much money using external cues to sell products. Joseph learned the power of presentation. So I can imagine him when he was going out, he has to clean himself up. He has to look good. He has to present himself. Anytime his father wants him to go and check out his brothers, Joseph will look good. Wear the clothes that God has, the, father has brought for, the father has brought for him. Cherish it. Look nice. Look dapper. Look at himself in the mirror and say, look, boy, you're beautiful. All right? That builds is self-worth. That builds is self-confidence. All right? So don't go out looking like a bum. Don't think, you know, it doesn't matter. No, image is important. All right? So Joseph learned the power of presentation. Now, how did this work in his life? Listen, in Genesis, Genesis chapter 40, 41 verse 14, Genesis chapter 41 verse 14, when Joseph was coming out of the prison and was going to go and see Pharaoh, look at what he did. The Bible says, then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon. And he, that's Joseph now, he what? Shaved himself and changed his clothes. See, he changed his clothes and came in onto Pharaoh. By learning the power of presentation, Joseph was able to clean himself up when he was asked to come and see the Pharaoh. So, that is how he was being prepared from a young age. Remember, it is about self-leadership. It's from everything you are doing is not wasted. Remember, you remember what Jesus Christ said? Jesus Christ said, if you are not, the way you do small things is where you're going to do big things. So, right from now, for those of us who are young people, Right from now, begin to carry yourself the way you want to see yourself in the future. Don't say, it doesn't matter. I can just dress anyhow. I can just look anyhow. No, that's not right. That's not right. All right? You are royalty. Okay. Another thing that I learned from how Jacob prepared Joseph is through what I call the the delegation of responsibilities. The delegation of responsibilities. You see, delegation is a form of building leadership capabilities in others. When we ask somebody to do something that we ought to do, we delegate it to them. Is because we believe and trusted in the, in the fact that they can do it. The person might not believe in themselves. You might think, oh man, I can't do it. But because you are trying to build them up, you, you stretch them and ask them to do something. They might not be ready for it yet. But it is in doing that you become. So you stretch them. You say, why don't you go and do that? Why don't you go and do that? You know? And as they do that, you give feedback. Look at what Jacob did. The Bible here says, Jacob said in Genesis 37, verse 14. Genesis 37, 14. In the KJV, he says, Go and go, I pray you. See whether it be well with your brethren and well with the flocks and bring me word again. So he sent him out of the vale of Hebron and he came to Shechem. So the father could have gone to Shechem himself, but he sent him out. He delegated that responsibility to Joseph. That just you go and check things out. And therefore, delegation in leadership not only helps us to get things done, it also empowers the person delegated to so that they have greater autonomy. So no leader can do all things at all times. Delegation is a key tool for boosting team and organization performance and efficiency. Joseph's leadership ability started to be built at this level when he was um, 17 years old. At 17, he was being delegated to go and check out his brothers, 
you know, check out his brother and bring word again for the to the father. Check out check out the, the brothers and check out the flocks and bring word again. Now, when you see the word again, it means that it's something that he does regularly. Bring word to me again. It's, it's something that he does regularly. He does it over and over. So Joseph started to learn, you know, responsibility. How to he uh, began to learn delegation. You know, being how to handle delegated authority. He began to learn it from a young age, and as he goes. Checks the flocks, brings all back to the father. The, the, him, 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 and him and he and his father, him and his father will talk together and say, "Oh, how did that one go? What did you learn? Uh, what should we do better next time?" You know. So essentially, that's how we began to learn through delegation of responsibility. So if you're a child here and your parents are delegating you responsibility and say, "Do this and do that," don't be complaining. Why am I the only one doing it? It's because why the parents sees that they are beating you up because you can do it. They are trying to make you to come up to become a leader. It might be that your, your father asks you to do something in the family business. Don't say, well, go, and, go and get somebody else to do it. No. You are learning. You, are, you cannot get to that top and operate efficiently there if you have not learned how it works at the lower level. Okay. So, let's see how this played out in the life of Joseph. One thing I want to call out is the attention to details. Joseph learned attention to details or eye for details like an auditor. And he also learns what? Communication through the dedicated work that his father has given to him. Let me explain how this worked. So, I remember many years ago when I was in bank. You know, I started my career as a banker. And I rose through the rank and became head of operations. And from time to time, you have people that come into our office. They call them auditors. They come in to check our books. They check our cash in till, cash in the system, cash in the vault. They check our records. Are we keeping things properly and so on and so on. So these guys are auditors. And an auditor has to check that what you have said you have, what you, what you, say, what you said that you have is what you have. And so they have to do cross-check and cross-references. So a person who is going to be an auditor has to be somebody who has a sharp attention for details. All right? So when the, when the father said to Joseph, go now and check your brethren, whether it is well with them, and the flocks, and bring me word again. The father delegated the responsibility to him, yes. But what responsibility? The father also gave him the responsi- responsibility of an auditor. And how do you audit if you don't communicate? So, and this keen eye for detail means that you are going to check the records and see that everything is in order. All right. So, Joseph working as an auditor for his father gave him the ability to have a keen eye for details. Now, this skill for the, for, for, to have the eye for detail became so useful when he became the prime minister of egypt in genesis chapter 41 verse 46 the bible says now joseph had been in egypt 13 years and he was 30 years old all right so he'd been in egypt for 13 years remember if god showed him when he when when he started hearing about his story he was 17 years old so now he was 30 30 years old this is how he got his age from Joseph had been in Egypt for 13 years and now he was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh so he was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, he had been in Egypt for 13 years. That means he got to Egypt at age 17. And therefore, the experiences he had with his father was before he became 17. I hope you understand that. So, and learning how to be presentable, delegated authority. He learned all this thing before he was even 17. Alright. So, that's when he stood before Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Joseph departed from the presence of Pharaoh and went through all the land of Egypt, performing his duty. So, what happened here was, when Pharaoh was brought out, uh, sorry, when Joseph was brought to meet Pharaoh, and Pharaoh asked him to interpret the dreams, and he interpreted the dreams, and Pharaoh made him the prime minister, Pharaoh told him, 
there's nobody in this whole country that is higher than uh, that is higher than you apart from me now he says god has revealed to you what's going to happen i give you the responsibility to handle this stuff so joseph did what he went immediately to go and carry out the duty that he was given so the delegated authority that the that pharaoh gave to him just like he took the authority that his father gave to him to go and check out his brothers he took this delegated authority from pharaoh and just set out to go and do the work the first act that joseph did was to go through the land on what on an inspection tour or on an auditor tour or like a tour of an auditor right now in order for him to be able to do the work he was he was going to do to solve the problem he will have to be, become familiar with the people who manage agriculture the locations the condition of the fields the crops the roads and the means of what transportation he has to understand how all of these things work together it is inconceivable that joseph joseph could have accomplished all of these on a personal level that which means he would have to have, have to establish and oversee the training of a lot of people he may have to set up the department of agriculture and so on and so forth or department department of revenue because at, at the point in time he was involved with collecting money as well all right so you can see that by just being an auditor at a young age paying attention to what the father asked him to do and bringing what back to the father being diligent in that it was building the capabilities for 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 joseph to be able to step into a role at a national level that will help him this skill that was learning at 13 17 14 15 16 helped him to get to the place when it, it was called for at the national level he knew what to do i'm going to share more about joseph when we start talking about building associations and relationships because see you cannot also get to the very top if you don't learn to work with people joseph here had to learn to establish you know different departments that would do different things so that it's not bogged down by working at the lower level as a leader you have to learn to delegate yourself and rise up here so that you can get other people to do the work while you don't lose sight of what the overall accountability of the work you have been given to do okay last point i want to make here is financial management now if you go back to joseph again when the father said to him go and check the 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 the, the animals and check your brothers and see whether they are okay or not it means that joseph must learn financial management how do i know that you see when joseph checks the welfare of the flocks joseph learned what we call financial accounting how you will have to know how many flocks went out from our house how many flocks do we have here now in shechem how many are in the fields how many are looking well how many are sickly and recording all that information is a way of keeping records this is the skill that he will need when he then became what the general overseer of Potiphar's house because he could not be the general overseer of Potiphar's house to look at what was brought in, what was brought out, how things are managed in the entire household without understanding financial management, without understanding okay, how much money do we spend on food stuff last month? You know, how much waste are we generating? How can we reduce waste? How can we make this work? Do you understand how God prepared yourself now? For the position he eventually occupied so let don't let anybody deceive you and say oh you can become success overnight it doesn't work like that god takes you through different journey and it is up to you to learn what god wants you to learn in the position where he has placed you so that it can take you to the next level no experience in life is wasted 
Now, not every experience is caused by God. Remember, Joseph was thrown into the into the pit. God didn't cause that, but every experience has in it a, a a lesson, something to learn that will help you in your future endeavors. All right. So I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that this message is blessing you a lot because you know it is quite helpful to know that God never takes us through the journey of life that is wasted. Everything that we go through, we need at some point in the future. All right. So. Joseph, learning how to keep records of the flocks, helped him to manage the household of Potiphar, and also then eventually helped him to manage the treasury of Egypt, financial management. In Genesis chapter 41, verse 48 to 49, the Bible here says, And Joseph gathered all the surplus food of the seven good years in the land of Egypt and stored enormous quantities of the food in the cities. He stored away in every city the food collected from his own surrounding fields. Thus Joseph gathered and stored upgrade in abundance like the sand of the sea until he stopped counting it for it could not be measured. In fact, that's another thing you can even talk about here is, um, you know, um, his ability to be meticulous, right? It's not, a, it's, not, it's not wasteful, right? He was able to account for everything and store them up. He has the brain to think, to, to future think. He was always thinking about, about the future. These are the things that God has used to prepare him. This came from what? Financial accounting, just keeping checks of the, of the flocks and going back to report to his father. As simple as you may think that is, those things prepared him for the future. During the seven years of abundant harvest, Joseph had the grain stored in cities. During the seven, year, seven lean years that followed, Joseph dispensed grain to the Egyptians and other people who were affected by the widespread famine. To create and administer all of these, while surviving the political intrigue of an absolute monarchy required exceptional talent. Joseph was a man of exceptional talent. But this talent that God has given to him was, was put to use by God from a young age while he was tending to the flocks of his father, while he was running errands for his father. He was being built up. God was using every experience that Joseph went through to build him up for the position he was going to take. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, as we round up, we round up in five minutes. I want to show you a couple of things that I mentioned I was going to talk about last year, uh, last, last week when I spoke. I said that even in our modern day and age, there are people that have been mentored that, that, that you see their success today. You think, oh man, they just got there. Not knowing that they were mentored along the way. I'll give you an example. Jesus mentored the disciples. Right? Jesus was the one that mentored the disciples. They couldn't have been... You, you hear about Apostle Paul today, but he was mentored virtually or spiritually by Jesus. He did, he, I mean, Jesus Christ was not with him physically, but he was mentored by Jesus. He came to him and revealed things to him as he was going along. Moses mentored Joshua. Moses mentored Aaron. Moses mentored her. her. Okay. Now, Paul mentored Timothy. Paul, Apostle Paul, mentored a man named Timothy in the Bible. What about in our modern day and age? There's a man called Steve Jobs. He's the founder of Apple. The app, that's the same Apple phone you're holding in your hands. And the man named Mark Zuckerberg, the founder of Facebook. Steve Jobs mentored Mark Zuckerberg. Now, Mark Zuckerberg is worth about $62 billion. It's a billionaire, right? But the record shows that Steve Jobs and Mark Zuckerberg, they used to walk around in the Palo Alto area discussing how Zuckerberg 
might manage and develop Facebook, as well as entrepreneurship. In fact, when Steve died, Mark says this, Steve, thank you for being a mentor and a friend. Thank you for showing that, that what you build can change the world. I will miss you. So young Mark got mentored by Steve along the way. Nobody becomes great that would never get mentored. Another person I want to call here is Oprah. Oprah Winfrey is, as one time was the richest, if not if, if not one of the richest, the richest woman woman in the world. She's a billionaire, but she had a mentor. Who was the mentor? Maya Angelou. Maya Angelou mentored Winfrey. Winfrey says this. She says this of Maya. She said she was there for me always, guiding me through some of the most important years of my life. Mentors are important, and I don't think anybody makes it in this world without some form of mentorship. Did you get that? All right. Now, another one I want to call out for you, I'm just skipping through them, Mr. Bill Gates. Bill Gates is worth $105 billion, and he was mentored by Warren Buffett. Two of the world's most successful, successful businessmen, Gates admits that over the years, he has turned to Buffett to, for advice on various subjects. And as I refer to Buffett as a one of a kind, all right, one of a kind. It's just two people coming together and sharing ideas and showing people the way. Obviously, Warren is older than Bill Gates, right? Let me show you one other one here that I have here is uh, some of you may know Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro, Marlon Brando, these guys were mentored by a lady called Stella Adler. Stella Adler showed uh, Mr. Nero, Mr. De Niro, and Brando what they called. Stanislavski method of acting, all right. So essentially, she showed them how to how to act in you know using a particular method. And look, these guys were successful in their work. I want to call out another one here is um, last one I'll call here is somebody that you know very well, Mr. Branson. Richard Branson of the Virgin Atlantic was mentored by a man named Sir Freddie Laker. Now, this is what Branson said as I close. He said, if you ask any successful business person, they will always have had, they will always, they will always have had a great mentor at some point along the road. Let that sink in. And Branson was right. Branson went to Laker during his struggles to get Virgin Atlantic up and running. It's always good to have a helping hand at the start. That is what um uh, that that is what you know uh, Branson realized and he said that's what he said he said i wouldn't i wouldn't have gotten anywhere in the airline industry without the mentorship of sir freddie laker praise god now as we finish as we finished as we finish right now sorry that i just took a bit of time but i want just to run, run through this i want to ask you a question who is mentoring you or who are you mentoring let's focus on who is mentoring at the moment see it's not difficult to find a mentor. Some of the mentors, some of the people, mentors that you want in the field where you are, let's say, for example, God has called you into field, maybe into acting, into drama, into whatever God has called you. Look for people who are already in that field, who are doing exceptionally well. Look for people like that and get them to mentor you. And you might say, okay, I can't reach them. Well, find their books. They may have a book online. They may have a video online. Just get onto their program and listen to what they have to say. Now, don't copy their lifestyles if the lifestyle always is lifestyle is reckless um, to that 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 um, is not according to the word of God, but you can learn from them. There's nobody that you cannot learn from. Listen, if Joseph learned from Potiphar, 
you can learn from anybody. Just don't copy their lifestyle. If their lifestyle is contrary to the word of God, don't copy that. But you can learn the gem, the genius that God has placed inside and you can learn that. That will fast track your ability to achieve what you want to achieve in this life. So, remember, your greatest mentor in this life is the Holy Spirit. You need to ask him to mentor you. Let us pray. The first prayer I want to pray is for those who have been abused with words by people that have been placed in, in your life to, to as authority figure. I want to pray for you and cancel every negative voice that has spoken over your life, voice that has eroded you of affirmation. I'm going to speak word over you right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for someone here this morning, someone who has been abused by mentors or by people of authority in their lives. It might be parents, it might be teachers who have spoken negative words over these ones. Father, today I stand upon the authority of your word and I call those words cancelled in the name of Jesus Christ. I speak right now, O Lord, that these words that I have spoken this morning will go into the heart of your people and ginger them up, O Lord, to try again, to reach out again, to believe again in the name of Jesus Christ. This one will believe in themselves, will believe in the gift that God has deposited in them and will rise up to find people that will help them to to, 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 to shorten the learning curve in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, we pray. Hallelujah. I also want to pray for you that even as you go out to find the right kind of mentor, the right kind of mentor, that God will lead you to the right people that you need in different seasons of your life. See, the mentor you need at, when you are a teenager might not be the mentor you need when you grow older. You know, for every season of, season of your life, you might need a different kind of mentor. So I want to pray for you right now that Father, in the name of Jesus, pray for your children, O oh Lord, that as they live here, O oh Lord, and they begin to ponder on who to mentor them. Father, they will find people, O oh Lord, that will encourage them, people that will have got wonderful lifestyle, but at the same time, there are geniuses in their field. That this one will have a hunger, a desire, O oh Lord, to find these people, to, to get them to mentor them in the name of Jesus Christ, and that as they get mentored, either through their YouTube videos or through their books, O oh Lord, Father, I pray, Almighty God, that you also help them to remember the Holy Spirit is there as our main mentor, to guide each one of us to the point where we can thrive and succeed as you have ordained it to be in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, we pray. All right. Father, we just want to thank you this morning. We want to thank you that today we learned that our experiences in life, what we have experienced in, the, in, the, in our lives in the past that may be negative, do, do not matter. That whatever we have experienced as well in life, we learn from each one of these experiences that you can you you can take us through experiences to build us up the same way that joseph has gone through different ex- experiences you know from when he was a young boy to when he was in Potiphar's house that prepared him for the place of leadership in the future so now oh lord i thank you that you can use both good and negative experiences to build us up uh, i'm not saying you do bad things lord no that's not what i'm saying i'm saying father lord that even when things happen to us in life that we don't understand you can take that bad experience almighty god to turn it for good to work in, on our benefit to our benefit in the name of jesus christ we thank you that that, that you are doing that right now in our lives in the name of jesus christ father i thank you oh lord that the future that lies ahead of us is beautiful is brilliant is beautiful and that we will succeed in whatever you have called us to do in the name of jesus christ lord i pray oh lord that you help us to rely on the holy spirit so that we can navigate the the future that lies ahead of us reveal to our minds who we need to who we need right now to mentor us lead us to the right people and guide our learning process Help us to be able to help other people in what we have also learned because we know that it is in serving others that we become great. Lord, we give you praise and we thank you. 
in jesus name we pray hallelujah all right thank you so much and sorry again i think i think it took about an hour today apologies but thank you for sticking in there please take action go there out there and look for somebody who can mentor you ask god to lead you and direct you you know and you will never regret doing that you know preferably find somebody who has the right kind of lifestyle that you would like to emulate but if not you can still learn from their genius what god has placed in their heart and then you put that to use in your own life and you then begin to see results next week i'll be talking more about joseph you know it's just been a blessing what god has shown me in the life of joseph but i believe it's going to be it's been a blessing to you and quickly before i go remember there's communion service at 3 30 try and make sure you make it we're going to be praying over nations you know so it's going to be an awesome experience until then remember you're blessed and favored thank you for worshiping with us we believe that you have been blessed for more experiences like this join us every sunday morning at 8 a.m uk time and on wednesdays for bible hangout at 6 p.m uk time on zoom on saturday morning our prayer room opens at 6 a.m uk time on zoom as well every first wednesday of the month the church podcast channel metamorphor presents the practicality of grace series featuring hot topics and experienced guests we invite everyone to send questions about issues that are difficult to grasp and our guests will answer it through the lens of grace by the holy spirit all questions are welcome you are too questions can be sent to the live chat on the website www.thelighthouse.org or you can send an email to light at thelighthouse.org if you want to give your offering you can scan the qr code on the screen to give through paypal or you can make a bank transfer to zero five six four one eight nine seven that is zero five six four one eight nine seven the short code is zero eight seven one nine nine at cash plus bank the details are on the screen if you want us to pray with you please click on the link that pops in the live chat and follow the prompt or you can visit the website at www.thelighthouse.org you can also request a private session with pastor davis on calendly by visiting the link in the website or in the discussion box below follow us on all our socials we are on youtube facebook ig twitter tiktok and linkedin and we post all information about our services and other programs across these channels simply type the username displayed on the screen and follow we hope you enjoy your week remember to rest on god's promises to you of stability and prosperity until next time god bless you